Well, praise the Lord, child of God. This here's Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. Praise God. And today we're going to start right in the beginning of the book of Acts, chapter 1, please. Chapter 1 of the book of Acts. And we're going to talk about being filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, that'd be the thing we should talk about at least if we're going to be ministering out of the book of Acts. We better somewhere along the line talk about the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, that's where we're going to start today. And we're going to go to verse 1 of chapter 1. And it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up, after He, he, through, the Holy, uh, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom He also predestined, or pardon me, presented, I'm sorry, presented Him alive after His suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, praise God, wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Of course, that's, that's the promise, right? With the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Of course, these are things He taught on uh, uh, through His earthly ministry. Therefore, verse 6, when they have come together, uh, when they had come together, pardon me, they asked Him, saying, Lord, will You at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power, praise God. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to Me in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, praise God, which means that includes where you're at and where I'm at. Amen, right? But you shall receive power, amen, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Hallelujah. You shall receive power. Hallelujah. Now, Luke 24 and 49, Jesus said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But He told him, Then go tarry in the city, of Jerusalem until you are endued, or enduo, which means clothed, like to sink into a garment, clothed, amen, with power from on high. Now, of course, this verse here in Acts 1, he says, you shall receive power, which is that same word, dunamis, okay, uh, or dunamis, okay, I could maybe have that one uh, backwards there, but it just means force or miraculous power, all right, it means miracle working power, strength, or might. Now, keep that in mind for what we're talking about today. And the word here uh, in the middle of this verse, witness, okay, or witnesses, is martis, is the Greek word. And, of course, it means to give record of or proof of. I love this. It means one providing evidence of. So, amen, you're called to be empowered to provide evidence of some things. Amen. So, he's talking about a promise coming, all right? And Jesus, of course, through the Scriptures, talked about that. We read that especially a lot in the book of uh, John, the Gospel of John, we see a lot of references where he's talking about uh, the one coming, amen, the helper, praise God. He said, it's to your advantage that I go, because if I don't go, I can't send you the helper, praise God. Of course, I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit, but we're going to go to chapter 2 now, and let's talk about the promise coming, all right? So chapter 2, please, and we'll go to verse 1. 
Chapter 2, verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, uh, this is 50 days after the Passover. So he sent them to go wait in Jerusalem, you know. So we're not talking like it was, you know, years or anything like that. In fact, uh, remember that the Passover happened. There was the death, the burial, the resurrection. There was the 40 days uh, that he was on the earth before he ascended, okay, and so a lot said right there, but uh, the bottom line is this, the day of Pentecost had fully come. We're talking about basically, you know, he, they maybe, you know, only had to wait about a week, okay, maybe somewhere between a week and 10 days, but pretty much about a week. And so, uh, you know, there, it ain't like they've been, you know, sitting and waiting around for, for a month here. This is something that's only been about a week long deal where they're all together here. And it said uh, that they were all in one accord or unified in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now, everybody loves the suddenly verses. Amen. You love them, I love them. Praise God. Amen. The suddenlies, right? Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. In other words, this sound just, you know, filled. It'd be like, you know, uh, maybe hearing, a, for you and me, maybe hearing a jet take off, you know, that kind of a turbulent sound, you know, uh, you know, that's what he's talking about here. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, it wasn't like some kind of flick your bick thing, and many of us, you know, have heard maybe some teaching on this, so uh, we know that it's referring to the glory of God. So when, you know, just tongues of fire is just that glory that just kind of, you know, everywhere. So basically it touched everyone that was in the room. And we know that there was 120 of them uh, in that, if you kind of back it up a little bit and read. And, but it just said this, all right, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat up upon each of them. And here we go, and they were all, here we go, filled. They were all filled to the overflow, right? They all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And of course, that's what we're going to deal with today, amen, that they uh, were filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, and began, here we go, to speak, amen, with other tongues, amen, as the Spirit gave them utterance, amen. That's what we're going to talk about, praise God, because I feel like, you know, I know I'm probably, or at least I assume that I am talking to Spirit-filled believers right now, those that have been filled with the Spirit and probably even had some teaching on this but I've also, you know, after 30-some years of ministry, I've learned that you really can't assume anything. So even though I assume you're all filled with the Spirit of God, I've all had teaching on this, um, I have felt like I, I can't really just assume that. So what I'm going to do is do a little bit of basic um, instruction about some things and then end up today, uh, with this session anyway, end up with uh, just talking about the importance of why we pray in the Spirit, why we pray in tongues, amen, why it's so necessary as a believer. Because I believe with all my heart, this I do know, that we have Christians today who are even Spirit-filled believers who don't do enough praying in the Spirit, amen. The Spirit of God's there for our benefit, praise God, uh, to help us, praise God, uh, to empower us, amen, uh, to do the things we're called to do. And if we're not doing that, then what happens is we come up short, okay, on the empowerment, so to speak. We come up short on what we need to accomplish what we're called to do. So I believe, amen, this is a, it is definitely a timely message for all of us, amen, 
uh, to be aware of the importance of the Holy Spirit, amen, to, uh, to understand it a little better, praise God, and to continue to do it on a daily basis, praise God, or throughout your day, praise God, amen. So let's uh, read on a little bit further here now. And it says, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, uh, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. In other words, they all heard this, okay? It wasn't just those in the upper room here. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language, which is a phenomenal thing here. And when they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans, all right? And how is it that, that we hear each in our own uh, language in which we were born? Of course, and it mentions several of the countries here, a dozen countries or something like that. And uh, just for, uh, without, uh, you, know, uh, you know, embarrassing myself and uh, causing you to feel pain when I started to try to, uh, you know, pronunciate all these words, you know, I'm going to kind of skip them, okay? So we get down to verse 11, and it says that we hear them, here we go, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. We hear them speaking. Come on now. We hear them. It's something you're hearing. We're hearing them. Not only did they hear the sound of that rushing mighty wind, but they're now hearing something. See, these men and ladies, well, actually ladies and men that were in the upper room, they all shot out of that upper room. Amen. Once this all happened, and now they're out on the street, bold as lions, come on now, and praying in the Holy Ghost, amen, and uh, the, the, the Spirit of God used that, praise God, to minister to all the different uh, individuals that were out there, people from different locations, different countries, different uh, dialects, different, uh, you know, languages, amen, and the Spirit of God used that, amen, to minister to all of them there, praise God, amen. And they heard them speaking, hallelujah, in their own tongues. And he says, what, uh, the, what a wonderful work of God it was, right? So verse 12 now, so they were all amazed and, and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? In other words, it was an amazing thing, but at the same time, a lot of question marks, all right? And it said, even others here mocking said they're full of new wine. Well, you know, today it isn't, it really ain't no different. If you really stop and think about it, you got people that that get amazed by it. You got people that have question marks about it, and you got people that are mock it. I mean, it's just it's just kind of how it is. And and maybe some reason because of all of that, you know, could be a reason why some people don't do it enough, or some people avoid it, or some people steer clear of it. I mean, some people have been taught things uh, about the Holy Spirit, like it all passed away, it ain't happening anymore, and uh, you know, and that ain't the case. All right, Spirit of God still, Amen, moving. Uh, you know, upon the earth, praise God, and moving within you and me as a believer, praise the Lord. Now, we know that there's a lot of different uh, teachings out there that try to, you know, refute it, and, and some people, you know, say that, uh, you know, that, that you, you get the Spirit of God on the inside when you get born again, and you don't need, have a need for tongues, uh, and that, uh, to me, is just, it's just bogus, okay, because if you understood the purpose of tongues, you'd understand we all need it, praise God. Now, uh, the Scriptures are pretty clear. You know, when you get in the Old Covenant, you look at um, the Spirit of God. From Genesis 1, we see the Spirit of God's present, all right, and helping, all right, doing what He does, all right? You get into it as you go through the Scriptures. You find many of the patriarchs of faith are, are uh, prophets of old, are, uh, you know, judges and kings, and even many um, spiritual leaders 
uh, throughout the Old Covenant. You see where the, it would say that the Spirit of God was upon them and they would do great feats, amen, and praise God. Then it prophesied about a time coming where the Spirit of God would reside within a people, all right? We see that in Ezekiel. Even Jesus talked about it in the Gospels. And that's why he said, it's better I go, because if I don't go, I can't send you the helper to reside on the inside. So then, as a born-again believer, the Spirit of God does come and reside on the inside of you and me, praise God. No doubt about it. Amen. We are not refuting that. But what we're talking about today, amen, is not just the Spirit of God within, amen, but the Spirit of God now coming up upon you and me, amen. So it's not just within, but comes upon us, amen, to be, amen, that bold as a lion witness for God, amen. All right, now let's go down to verse 14 here. And what I'm going to do here is take, uh, I'm going to kind of cut through a bunch of this, but the idea is I want to just talk about a little bit about how Peter kind of, he kind of defines some of it or describes some of it or kind of gives some clarity on some of it, all right? And then we're going to kind of move into what we have for you today. In verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, this is what was prophesied. What you're seeing now has been prophesied, okay? But it's just all it is now is Scripture's coming to pass, praise God. And it shall come to pass. Now, this is, this is out of Joel, actually Joel 2, all right? And it says this, And it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh, praise God. Your sons, your daughters, amen, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, Amen. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on uh, pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall uh, prophesy. And it goes on to talk about the wonders and heaven signs on the earth. Okay, talked about all that, but let's skip down here now uh, because what I'm going to try to do is focus more on the verses that deal with the Holy Spirit, so I don't get all preaching, get down, go down all these rabbit trails. Okay, so verse 32 it says this: This Jesus whom uh, now, this is Peter still talking, by the way. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted uh, to the right hand of God and having received from the Father, here we go, the promise. Okay, again, it's mentioned that that was the promise. This is what Jesus kept promising about, okay? The promise of the Holy Spirit. He poured out this which you now, here we go, see and hear. And I'm trying to I'm kind of emphasizing something. I kind of did that a little bit earlier in the chapter here. You know, they're hearing it. They're seeing it, okay? And I'm just trying to make it clear to you and me, when the Holy Spirit is moving, when you're, uh, you know, you're praying in the Spirit of God, I want you to first know this, amen, it's going to be something that you see and something you hear, praise God. Now, what I mean by seeing, I mean, there ought to be evidence around us, amen, that the Spirit of God is moving, that you're being empowered, amen. And more of that I'm going to describe as we get to the tail end of this. But it says here that this is what you see and you will hear, praise God. And understand, we're talking about praying in tongues. It ought to be something you hear, praise God. Not just something that's always done, uh, you, know, uh, you know, under the breath or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. But we're just saying, praise God, we're talking about praying in the Spirit. It ought to be something that gets hurt. Praise the Lord. All right? Let's move down a little bit further down. Verse 38. 
Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall, here we go, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, of course, this was quite a, uh, quite a, a, a sermon that Peter preached. Amen. In fact, uh, it's just evidence of a man, you know, he was kind of used to opening his foot and inserting, or opening his mouth and inserting foot, you know, he's kind of one of those kind of guys. And here he comes out and preaches a sermon like, man, like no other, amen, and 3,000 people come to Jesus, you know, that's quite a sermon. Anybody love to have that kind of sermon, amen. And so the point I'm trying to make is that it changed uh, Peter, it changed these disciples, it changed this 120 that was in the upper room. But he makes a statement in this text right here, okay? In verse 38, he says, uh, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise. He mentions it again. The promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. First off, it's a free gift, okay? You have to understand, it's a free gift. It's for everybody, amen? It's not just for a select few. It ain't just for the Pentecostal okay, or the charismatic, okay. Uh, now, granted, you know, you're going to find more of the people maybe in them uh, circles are definitely going to be uh, probably primarily filled with the Holy Ghost. At least you hope they are, right? Uh, but I have, I have met people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of uh, faiths, and, and I'm telling you, uh, they, there's a lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost, all right? And I just want you to know that God wants everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on to the overflow. Here we go. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. It's for everybody. It is a free gift. Praise God. It is a free gift. Amen. In fact, uh, let's see here. Did I think I might have had some other references on this for you? But uh, praise God. Let's make sure I don't miss something here. The verse I was thinking of is out of Luke. Uh, chapter 11, okay, and I, I won't turn there. You can maybe turn to it if you want later, but Luke 11, I think it's like verses 9 through 13 in there, and it's Jesus talking. He says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, amen, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So meaning, uh, praise God, that it's a free gift. I'm just trying to bring that out, all right? And He calls it a good gift. And he just, he just brings out that you as a parent, uh, you know, I mean, how much, I mean, he says you even, you know, maybe not even having, you know, doing everything perfect and right, but even you in your, you know, at your best, amen, or maybe even at your worst, we could say, you still know how to give good gifts to your kids because, you know, you love them and you want to do your best for them and want to do everything you can for them, right? And he's saying, listen, he said, your heavenly father wants to give you Amen. This good gift, this gift that's going to be a blessing to you, praise God. Something that you should have and need to have, praise God. And He's not holding it back from anybody. So He's just trying to bring, in, uh, bring in some clarity here that it is a free gift. Amen. And back in, in chapter 2 of Acts, in verse 39, it brings out, to, uh, to all who are afar off and as many as the Lord our God will call. In other words, it's, it's for everybody. Okay, It doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your, your race, uh, your financial status, your educational status, it doesn't matter uh, which church, you know, in a sense that you're, you're in at the moment, 
Amen. I say at the moment because, you know, sometimes that stuff shifts when this kind of thing happens because all of a sudden it's something different. I mean, life as you know it is different when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, all right? So things can shift. But I'm just telling you, okay, I'm, I'm letting it be known that it is to all and, and, and for all that will grab hold of it, praise God. Amen. So I'm encouraging you, all right? So if you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm encouraging you before the day's up, receive the Spirit of God, praise God, with the evidence of praying in other tongues, praise God. And if you're there with someone next to you that has, man, let them, let them help you through that, walk you through that. Now, again, I'm assuming everybody I'm talking to probably already is. But like I said earlier, you can never assume anything, all right, because you just never know. So today, that's what this is all about, is first and foremost to give you a little bit of understanding about it. Amen. I can't do a whole lot of it, but a little bit of it, you know, for one, you know, just one class here. It makes it kind of hard to get real in depth. But I'm going to do my best to kind of walk you through some things, to answer a few questions along the way. And like I said, when I'm all done here or toward the end of this, I'm going to wrap up with just some things that are why we want to do it on a daily basis. Amen continually praying in the Spirit, why we want to do that. All right. So again, let's go now to, um, let's go into chapter 8. Chapter 8. I'm going to kind of skip some things. Look, remember, I'm going to primarily, uh, primarily just grab verses talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay. There's a lot of stuff we're skipping, of course, and these are some things maybe through the course of some of these studies we're going to touch on many other things, but to me, today, we're just going to focus on being filled with the Spirit of God, all right? Uh, chapter 8, and what we have here um, is uh, about Philip, okay? But let's, in fact, I'll, I'll go verse 4. Let's try that. Verse 4, it says, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, I just want to... Read that so we know who we're talking about. This is Philip now, went and he's preaching, preaching Jesus. Come on now. Let's go down to like uh, verse 12. And it says this, But when they believed Philip, as uh, he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. All right? Come on now. Then Simon himself also believed. Now this is a, is a sorcerer at the time. So he's obviously coming in. He's hearing what... Philip has to say, and he's now receiving this, okay? He himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done, all right? Now, obviously, people are filled, or, or pardon me, got, got born again here, getting water baptized, that's what it's referring to here. And now verse, uh, let's go to verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that uh, Samaria had received the Word of God, and that's kind of pretty key. They received the Word of God. Then, uh, or probably they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them, here we go, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, all right? For as of yet He had fallen upon none of them, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, all right? And then, and then, and then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, the point I'm reading this is because I'm trying to show you there's two different, ex two different uh, experiences here, okay, where they've already received Christ, they've already been even water baptized, okay, so they've received the Word, uh, you know, that was preached, they accepted it, got born again, all right, 
They've been water baptized. Now, here comes, uh, here comes uh, Peter and John to talk about more that's been, that's been offered to them, and that is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, okay? And so, you know, they realize, or as they got to ministering to them, they realized they haven't yet had that, so they begin to talk about that, minister on that, and the Word says they laid their hands on them, okay, which is kind of key, all right? So a good way to get filled to Holy Ghost, have those who are already filled to Holy Ghost, lay hands on those who haven't, and pray for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, anyway, this is what happened here. And they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, praise God. Amen. So uh, what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, we know they got filled, you know, filled to the overflow and began to speak with other tongues. That's how they knew. Amen. So that's ex exactly what happened here in chapter 8. All right, let's go to chapter 10 and look at some things. Chapter 10. I know I'm kind of cruising through this, but we got you want to you know got some ground to cover here. But I just want to bring out some different things that that to answer a few questions. Okay, I wanted to read that last text because I believe you need to know that being born again is not the same as being filled with the Holy Ghost. All right, the Spirit of God comes and resides on the inside of you. Amen. But that's not the same as being filled or baptized or filled, come on now, that word uh, baptized means immersed, okay, to be filled with, to the overflow, praise God, with the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, as far as being, uh, it says being filled with the Spirit, so you can uh, pray in other tongues, all right, that's a different, a whole different deal, all right, just have to bring that out, because a lot of people try to refute that, all right, all right, let's go to chapter 10, as I said, and we're going to go to verse... Uh, Eh, maybe toward the end. What's going on here in chapter 10 is Peter is at Cornelius' household. It's a Gentile family, and there's a whole scenario that plays out right here. But bottom line, he's there ministering to him. All right, so verse 44, and it says, While Peter was uh, still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit, here we go, fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as uh, came to Peter because the gift, here we go again, the gift, all right, a free gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out, here we go, even on the Gentiles, right? For everybody and anybody who wants it, and the Gentiles also, right? Come on. For they heard them, here we go, speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter an, uh, answered, amen, it goes on, uh, to, then he baptized them with, uh, in water, praise God. So even in this, it doesn't say you have to be water baptized before you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. See, the thing I'm trying to bring out is it's, it's, it's a, a whole other uh, different deal than being born again. And so it's not saying that it has to be in a, you know, uh, you, know you, you, you can only be uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost after you've been water baptized. No, but you've got to be born again. I mean, you've got to have the Spirit of God inside. Amen. You've got to have that. But I'm just trying to show you that all of this can happen at the same time if you want to. So in the last text, we see where it wasn't necessarily all at the same time. Somebody else came and ministered this, and somebody else came and ministered that. Amen. But I'm trying to show you this text, amen, that, man, this all could happen at the same time. These people got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, I'm not, uh, hopefully not bringing any kind of confusion. I'm just trying to show you, amen, uh, that, you know, this is how God can work. Amen. This can happen, praise God. All right, let's go to chapter 19. Chapter 19. 
chapter 19, and I'm going to go uh, verse 1 here. And um, this is, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, uh, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples there, okay? I've noticed they're disciples, okay? So that, that says something. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Okay, so they're obviously believers. They're obviously disciples. Come on now, all right? But did you receive the Holy Spirit, all right? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And so they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. Amen. Of course, talking about a water baptism. Uh, saying to the people that they should believe on Him uh, who would come after Him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Now, they believed on that. It says, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so now it's like they're making some adjustments here, making sure they get this thing square. But it says this then in verse 6, And when Paul had laid hands on them again, right, the Holy Spirit came upon them, right, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied, all right? Now, there's several things here I want to bring out, and that is, first again, you're hearing them speak, okay? We're seeing here uh, the difference between uh, receiving Jesus as Lord, amen, and receiving the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, amen. We're seeing two different, two different deals, but at the same time, they can all happen at the same time, but I'm just trying to show you because there's a lot of confusion out there when people say, well, I've already got the Spirit of God inside. Yes, but you need more than just the Spirit of God on the inside. You need Him to come up on you. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can be empowered to do things. Amen. To, to, to do above and beyond. Amen. To, to be bold as a lion. Praise God. Everywhere you go as a witness. Amen. One providing evidence. Amen. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Anyway, I'm kind of get, get a little gung-ho about this. Um, Let's back up about 10 chapters. I think back chapter 9, I believe it is. And uh, I want to um, talk about uh, Paul. Uh, of course, this was, he was still Saul and his, in a sense, his conversion. And uh, because I think it'll, it'll kind of answer another question or two. And with that said, I'm going to go to verse, um, well, this is after the road to Damascus experience and what happened then. Um, you know, we, you know, a glorious thing happens. He's a bright light shines, you know, the whole thing. He gets sent to, uh, to go wait for somebody. Uh, and then later, uh, and, you know, on the other side of town or whatever, we have a, another man by the name of Ananias who gets a vision from God to, uh, you know, to go minister to, uh, to this uh, Saul guy. Amen. So anyway, the bottom line is, and these are things I'll probably talk about later, later sessions, but uh, the point is, is that, uh, here he is now, Ananias is now there with Saul, okay, in verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, and uh, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight, here we go, and be, here we go, filled with the Holy Spirit, amen. Now, he's already calling him a brother, amen, and we have earlier in the text, with Saul already calling Jesus Lord, <laughs> amen. So we know he's obviously woke up and received him, right, as Lord, amen. But here now, 
He's, he's getting filled, amen, with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from, from his eyes something, uh, something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. And there I believe that there now, he, later he was water baptized by Ananias. I, I, that's what I, I believe. But you notice in verse uh, 17 here, he talks about being filled, okay? That same thing, okay? Now in 1 Corinthians, I'm just going to throw this at you here. In 1 Corinthians 14, and I believe, uh, believe it's verse 18. He says, um, in fact, I might have it wrote down here. He said this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, this is what Paul said. So I just want to say that because what happened here in chapter 9, being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what happened. He got filled with the Holy Ghost just like the rest of the disciples did, amen, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And so when Paul begins, you know, later on as he gets into ministry, now writing letters to the churches, here he is writing a letter to the church at Corinth, and he's saying, listen, he's talking about, really talking about, you know, the operations of the Spirit of God, and uh, he deals with several different things about it. But he said, I pray, amen, that I pray, I, I'm, I pray I'm grateful that I'm, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray in tongues all the time. He said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm even, thank, I pray in tongues more than y'all. He, he, he's, just, he's just letting it be known, man. This is what I do all the time, amen. Now you think about, uh, you know, a man that was used to the degree that he was, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, Okay, you remember now, you know, whether somebody, you know, might say, well, I don't believe in that tongue stuff. Well, you know, there was tongue talkers that wrote the, uh, wrote the Bible. Come on now, that wrote the New Testament. All right, so you got to, you know, you can't be too hard on that. You, you got to understand the importance of this, all right? This man uh, became a bold as a lion, bold as a lion witness, amen, amen, one providing evidence everywhere he went because, amen, he exercised, amen, that free gift, amen, of praying, in, in other tongues, praise God. Amen. So now with that said, I want to talk to you about different things, the importance really, or maybe I could say the reasons for praying in other tongues. Amen. The reason for praying in the Spirit. And with that said, let's go back to chapter 2. All right. I hope you're, hope you're getting something here. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not born, y'all. Praise God. Now, I want you to get, get a hold of this. Now, it says this in verse 4 of chapter 2. And when they were all filled, when they were all filled, and when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They began to speak. Amen. Hallelujah. Began to speak. Amen. With tongues. Hallelujah. With other tongues as the Spirit Gave them utterance. Now, the first thing I want to just bring out, and that is just the initial sign. Amen. The initial sign of being filled. Amen. To me, that's a sign of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is praying in other tongues. All right. Now, there's sometimes there's some controversy around some of that. But to me, the sign of it is the fact that you're praying in other tongues. All right. And if you're not, let's, let's, get, let's get her done. Amen. Praise God. No condemnation. There ain't no, uh, you know, we ain't here to... Uh, you know, war with anybody or uh, here to argue with anybody. That's not our place. Amen. But our heart is this. Amen. That it's a free gift to everybody and anybody who wants it. Amen. A free gift. Amen. And He ain't holding out on you. Praise God. So if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, ask, ask the Spirit of God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. 
Amen. And if you're in a, a setting there where you have others around that maybe have been and you haven't, ask one of them, praise God, to pray with you if that would help you. Amen. Uh, when, I got, uh, when I got born again, I, I, didn't, I, you know, I, I heard the teaching. I heard different things. I got born again all by myself driving down a road. I, I realized that I needed this. I called on God. And it was kind of the same thing when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. At a later time, I got realized the importance and basically learned about the Holy Spirit and uh, understood the importance of that. And at a later time, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I, it wasn't really anybody you know, at the time that laid hands on me or anything, but uh, not that I was against that at all. I wasn't. It's was just that I just realized it was for me. So I just said, I want that. Now, the reason I'm telling you that and sharing that with you is because if you haven't been, amen, man, ask Him to fill you up. I mean, I don't care if you get right where you're at. I mean, I'm, fill me with the Holy Ghost, amen? And just, you know, stop, you know, you know just, just start praying in the Spirit, praise God, amen? I guarantee you He'll give you utterance, praise the Lord, amen, praise God. Well, anyway, the, uh, what I want to bring out to you is another reference in Mark 16 and verse 17. This is a part of what we would refer to as the Great Commission. He said this, and these signs, this is Mark 16 and 17, it says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, right? And it says they will speak with new tongues, all right? Of course, it goes on, talks more, but I'm just trying to bring out this is a sign, amen, a sign, amen, come on now, an initial sign of the Spirit of God, Amen. It's an initial sign. It's a sign, he said, what he said, signs that follow those who believe, praise God. And you're a believer, amen, and I believe this is a sign that's going to follow, praise God, hallelujah. So uh, anyway, I just want to bring out the first thing is, it's a, it is an initial, it is a sign, amen, of the Spirit of God, amen, in your life. The next thing I want to bring out, amen, that it's, it's also a sign of His presence. I'm talking about the Spirit of God's presence in your life, amen. Uh, if you kind of look back at that same verse in Acts 2, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Here we go, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And that word utterance, by the way, hallelujah, is talking about uh, a saying. Let's see here. I think I got it wrote down here. It means to speak forth or enunciate plainly. So in other words, the Spirit of God is the one giving you those words, those those syllables, those that utterance, okay, that's coming out. Because a lot of times, you know, when you first hear it, you think, well, what does this mean? And and probably no different than some of the people maybe that were, uh, when those disciples shot out of the upper room, they had a lot of question marks. What is going on? I've never heard this kind of thing before. Or And again, some even mocking it, right? But the bottom line is, they it, it's something they had never heard before. Well, it's no different when you get filled with the Holy Ghost or when somebody next to you gets filled with the Holy Ghost. It might be something you've never heard before, you know. But understand that is it is a, not only an initial sign of being filled, but it is it is really a sign uh, of, of, of the presence of the Spirit of God with you, praise God. Amen. So here's some references for that. In fact, let's look at another one in chapter 2 of Acts, verse 33. We read it earlier, but let's look at it again. And it says, therefore, being exalted uh, to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise, talking about Jesus, of course, the promise of the Holy Spirit, which He what poured out, amen, He poured out this which you now see and hear. In other words, the Spirit of God poured it out. It's the Spirit of God doing the work. So again, it's just another uh, sign of, of His presence in your life, amen. Let me give you another reference out of John 14. John 14, something Jesus said. Uh, in talking about the Spirit of God that, that was to come, the Helper, 
Amen. He said this in verse 17 of John 14. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Come on. But you know Him, right, right? For He dwells with you and will be in you. So every time you're praying in the Spirit, it is also an acknowledgement of His presence in your life. Praise God. And it's just Maybe that's just a quick thing, but to me, that's exactly when you're praying in the Spirit of God, not only is it the initial sign of being filled, but it is a sign of the fact that you have the, the presence of the Spirit of God right there. Praise God. Anyway, another reason. All right, uh, let's look at another. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to kind of jump around the Scriptures a little bit here. 1 Corinthians in chapter 14. Of course, this is... Uh, Paul is ministering out of 14, chapter, or, um, uh, uh, to the book, pardon me, to the church at Corinth. And we're seeing in chapter 14 here, and we're going to go to verse 4. He said this, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Of course, now he's talking about uh, you know, the difference between just uh, praying in the Spirit by yourself, or whether we're doing something at, you know, under the gifts of the Spirit, maybe within the church, all right? Uh, you know, in a more of a corporate setting, all right? So he says when you're praying in the Spirit, it edifies you. When you're doing it in a corporate setting, it's bringing edification uh, to everybody, all right? So uh, that's an, maybe another sermon right there. But the bottom line, I want to bring up this word edify, okay? What does it mean when you're being edified, okay? Edification. He's, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, this word edify all right, comes out of a word edifice, which means a, a building something, uh, a building or to build a building, okay? It talks about like uh, layer upon layer, brick upon brick, you're, you're, you're building something, okay? So every time you pray in the Spirit, one of the things that happens is, amen, you're edifying yourself, you're building yourself up. I always like to look at, you know, praying in the Spirit like a a battery charger to a battery, all right? And you connect that battery charger, and all of a sudden it charges that battery up, amen? Well, it's the same thing. When you're praying in the Spirit of God, it's like, it's like it charges you up, amen? It, it's what builds you up, praise God. And to me, this is why you start, when you start looking at the importance of the Spirit of God in our lives, the reason for it, all right, one of the biggest keys is because of edification. It begins to edify you, build you up. Amen. A lot of people running out of steam. These Christians that, that you know, uh, burning out and all that kind of stuff. That ought not be the case for a child of God. Amen. Come on now. That's not how it's supposed to work. You're not supposed to run out of steam. You're not supposed to run out of energy. You're not supposed to run out of power. Come on now. As a child of God, you ought to be growing uh, in, your, in power. You ought to be growing in, in strength, in boldness. In, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just telling you, all this is how this happens is by praying in the Spirit. So I always look at it. If somebody comes up and says, they ain't got enough this and enough that, I always think, how much are you praying in the Holy Ghost? And most of the time, you'll find out they ain't doing any of it. Well, you know, you didn't get filled to Holy Ghost just so you can tell everybody you're, you're a Pentecostal or some charismatic. Okay, that's not, that's not why you got filled to Holy Ghost. Amen. You got filled to Holy Ghost because you need to be, have a daily charging up, a daily edification every day being built up in God so you can do all that God has asked you to do. Listen, God didn't tell you to do something and then leave you hanging. 
You know, and if you, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. That is not how He designed this. He designed this, praise God, that not only do you get your bidding and your prompting and your leadings from Him, but you also, praise God, get the empowerment that you need, praise God, to finish this thing. Hallelujah. And one of those things, there's more than one, but one of those things, one of the main things, is praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praying with other tongues. Amen. As the Spirit gives utterance, praise God. All right, so that's another big key. So we see again some of the different ones here. We see uh, the initial sign of being filled. Uh, it reminds us of the Spirit's presence, amen, and also for our spiritual edification. Let's go to Romans. Uh, Rome, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm getting ahead here. Uh, Jude, I want to read that because I better give you that verse. I almost skipped it here. So let's go to the book of Jude, just about a one-page deal, really. The book of Jude, verse 20, kind of on the same subject here. I apologize. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself. Verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Just another confirmation of something we were talking about earlier. Okay, so it's what builds you up, what charges you up, praise God, but you're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right, praying in the Spirit of God. Amen. And that's what it's referring to, praying in other tongues. Amen. So praying in the Spirit. All right. Charge yourself up, get you, get you anchored, get you locked in, praise God. Okay, now let's go to the next one, okay? Romans 8, please, Romans 8. Hallelujah, I love the book of Romans. Uh, Romans 8 is my favorite chapter, praise God. Uh, my uh, congregation, uh, every time I turn here, I always say, have I ever told you how much I love chapter 8 of Romans, praise God. <laughs> they all know how much I love chapter 8 of Romans, amen. But I'm going to go skip down here to verse 26, and we're going to talk about another reason for praying in the Spirit. Uh, verse 26 is, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. That literally means inabilities, okay? And that's something I'll talk about here more in a minute, but it just means an, in an inability to produce a result. That's all that means, okay? Uh, so He helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know, there we go, we do not know what we should pray, not how to pray, but what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, this Greek word here is uh, alalitos, okay, which, just, which basically means uh, inarticulate speech. So what he's talking about here with groanings which cannot be uttered, he means it's not going to be uttered in your known tongue. But we know then by that he's talking about tongues, praying in tongues. Okay, that's what he's talking about. Verse 27. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the next thing that I want to bring out, okay, why we pray in tongues, why we pray in the Spirit, amen, the importance of being filled with the Spirit because it's about praying for things that you... Yeah, it says here... Uh, of what we, if we don't know what to pray for, now we, we just start praying the Spirit. So it'll pray for what we don't know what to pray for. It'll also uh, show us also in verse, uh, verse 27 that we're praying the will of God. Okay, so here we go. So tongues is praying God's will and also for the unknown, I'm going to say, all right? So God is praying, or the Spirit of God when you're praying in tongues is praying the will of God, amen, and for the unknown. Now, why is that so important? Well, sometimes you get to praying, 
You don't know what to pray for that situation. You might be lifting up a family member. You might be lifting up your church, your pastor. You could be praying for your, your, your state, your nation, your president. Praise God, praying things. And sometimes you don't know exactly what to pray for. So what do you do? You pray in the Spirit of God. Amen. As you begin to do that, praise God. It begins. We know that it's praying the will of God by the Spirit. Amen. And and, uh, you know, it's, it's about praying that unknown. Amen. Now, I want to show you something just real brief about this. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, again, that same, um, that same text we kind of looked at because it has a lot to talk about in that chapter. But 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14, he's, uh, I think actually I'm going to back up a chat. Let's back up verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue, there we go, pray that he may interpret. That's pretty key. Amen. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, it can't connect. It's barren. It doesn't get it. Okay. Uh, so what he's talking about here is, okay, that when I begin to pray in the spirit, my head ain't getting it really. Okay. My head really is not understanding it. But it does say, amen, that you could pray to interpret. Amen. Now hang on to that. Verse 15. What is the conclusion then? In other words, how can you wrap this up? He said, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will pray uh, with the Spirit. I'll probably sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, what he's saying is, is that when you're praying in the Spirit, it, you know, you're praying the will of God, and you're praying for what you don't know, the unknown, all right? But you can pray that God will give you, uh, you know, the interpretation of it. Amen. And I'm just, you know, my own experience, I know this. That most of the time when I'm praying in the Spirit, I have this inner knowing of, of what, where, and what I'm praying about. Amen. I may not know the exact words, but I have at least an understanding. I have at least a little bit of an interpretation of what the Spirit of God's dealing with and praying about. Amen. It's amazing. So I'm just trying to say that even though our head is unfruitful, we well, maybe don't catch it, but you can pray that you begin to, to grab the interpretation. So when you're praying in the Spirit of God, amen, that you're praying the will of God, amen, you're praying for the unknown, that you have to understand that you also, amen, if, you, if you're doing this, you get accustomed to this and doing this thing on a, on, a, on a continuous, frequent basis, pretty soon you begin to learn, you begin to interpret, amen. And I, I pray to ask God uh, with some of this to give me interpretation, praise God, amen. I want to know what I'm praying about, That'd be, you know, praise God, amen. But anyway, another reason for the Holy Ghost. All right, let's look at another one here, back in Acts 1. And we're going to kind of wrap this up here, right here. Acts 1, please. And I'm going to go, uh, a text that we read, very beginning, chapter 1 and verse 8. He says this, but you shall receive power. I love that. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, wherever you're at, amen. But it says here, power to be a witness or boldness to be a witness, amen. Now, what, what I'm, what I'm gonna, how I'm going to title this thing, I, I think, is just say it this way, all right? And that is that tongues brings the person of the Holy Spirit on the scene, all right? Brings the person of the Holy Spirit. In other words, every time you're praying in the Spirit, it's like you're bringing the Spirit of God on the scene, okay? And one of this thing we see is boldness. We see Holy Ghost power, this boldness to be a witness, praise God. You pray in the Spirit of God, I guarantee you, you're going to be bold as a lion, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So one of those reasons is to be, amen, for boldness, amen, to be bold as a lion, praise God. Amen. 
in Luke 24 and 49, a reference I quoted earlier, it just says this, that you'd be endued with power. Amen. So clothed with power, which means then, you know, you're, it literally means to sink into a garment. So in other words, you know, as he talked about earlier about being, uh, being seen and being heard, this, this power is there. Amen. Hallelujah. For you to be bold as a lion and to do great feats, praise God. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. Amen. Praise God. The Scripture also brings out, let me just kind of run some through you real, or to you real quick. John 14, Jesus said this. He calls the Spirit of God the Helper. He's there to help. All right? Some translations use the word comforter or strengthener or standby, but it all refers to one that's there to help. Now, the Spirit of God was there from the very beginning, all the way through Scriptures. The Spirit of God is there to help. That's exactly what He's going to do for you is help you, praise God. And also in John 14 and verse 26, I just recommend you write the verses down. He says this, He's called to be our teacher and to bring things to our remembrance. Man, as you're studying especially, I think about how many times you begin to grab, in the, grab the Word of God and look at things in the Word of God. The Spirit of God's right there to help you walk you through it, to teach you. And in the meantime, He'll bring things to your remembrance, connect you with other things that you've, you know, that you've read, things that you've heard, taught. Amen. And little by little, you begin to grow, praise God, because of the Holy Spirit is there to help you, praise God. Amen. To teach and to show you things to come. John 16 and 13, another reference. He says here that He's there to guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. And it says this, He'll show you things to come. So not only is He bringing things to your remembrance, He's going to show you things to come. I mean, talk about a helper. I mean, the Spirit of God is there to help you. Amen. Not only to help you put things together and direct you and what you should do in your growth and development, but also show you things to come. I mean, the Spirit of God's amazing. John 6 and 63, another reference, says that He, uh, Spirit of God is there to give life. Amen, to give you life. Now, that word life is referring to make alive, to quicken. But it talks about vibrancy. talks about passion. Amen, that's what it's dealing with. So the more you pray in the Spirit, the more passionate you become. The more vibrant you become. The more alive you become, praise God. So the Spirit of God is there, amen, to bring you, to, to cause you to uh, be more passionate, uh, more locked on, amen, more vibrant, Amen. Quicken you. Hallelujah. It just means to, to, to charge you up again, to get you going forward. Praise God. Man, that's why the Holy Ghost is there. Amen. To help you stay passionate for God. Amen. Praise God. Romans 8, as we read earlier, I want to bring that out. When it said that He helps us in our weaknesses. I said I was going to mention that. Uh, an inability to produce a result. All right. That's all that means. Now, He's there to help you in your weaknesses. So no matter where you feel like you have an inability... I want you to know the Spirit of God's there to help you, amen, overcome that. Help you, uh, you know, no matter what it is trying to hold you back, you pray in the Spirit, it's there to push you forward, amen. So no matter where you think you're coming up short, the Spirit of God's there, amen, to cause you to conquer, praise God. And the last thing I want to mention is out of Galatians 5, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? It mentions the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the reason I mention that is that when you're praying in the Spirit, you're bringing the person of the Holy Ghost uh, on the scene. Man, you think about this, man. If you're struggling with your love life, you're struggling with joy, you're struggling with long-suffering, I mean, I'm telling you, praying in the Holy Ghost, man, will help you a lot, all right? 
So I just know for me, when I pray in the Spirit of God, it's like it causes me to rise to the top in who I am as a child of God, to be all I'm called to be, to fulfill what I have to fulfill, praise God. Amen. Empowers me to walk this thing out, praise God. No matter what my flesh wants to do, my spirit man is now empowered to do what needs to be done, praise God, because I take the time every day to pray in the Holy Ghost, praise God. I hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory for this people. Thank you. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive today, opening the eyes of our understanding. And for that, I give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.